This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Company culture, it's a very important component of business success these days, and Netflix takes it very seriously. They believe that transparency is one of the most important things a company can bring, meaning that almost all employees can access information on anything involved with the company, earnings reports, business expenses, and employee decisions, hiring and firing. But that style may be backfiring a bit. A recent article in the Wall Street Journal highlights that through some of the comments of current and former employees. Shalini Ramanchandran covers the TV and broadband industry for the Wall Street Journal. She reported on some of these issues surrounding Netflix and joins us right now. Shalini, great to have you with us today. Thank you both. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. It is an interesting story around company culture uh, because it, it is so important to so many businesses these days right now. But does the culture within Netflix maybe even need to be tweaked a bit? You know, it's an interesting question. I think I think many of the, the current and former employees we talked to think it does, and I think even Reed thought it does after the, the sort of N-word incident that we kind of lay out in that story where, you know, um, a, a, a top lieutenant said the N-word in a meeting, and then it took months and a lot of angst before that person was fired, despite the fact that Netflix has a very swift firing culture. And there's a lot of debate around that whole incident, but I think what it it, it, and many people on both sides, but basically it showed to Reed and to a lot of people in the company that there are some things that had to change, especially as it regards in as it concerns more deep-seated issues like you know that are more touchy, like diversity or racial awareness. Like these things can't be sort of you know. Uh, can't can't be sort of explained away in in, a, in sort of a typical manner and in a company that sort of issues processes like Netflix like it's it's more about like everybody's empowered with decision making power and mm-hmm. um, you should be able to to look at it, look up anything like you mentioned in the intro look up anything you want and know <laughs> about the production contract for Stranger Things and be able to make a, a great decision about marketing or data f- uh, from that but. It, it's it, transparency basically isn't sort of like the cure all to more sort of deep seated issues that that kind of need to be discussed and maybe a more process oriented light like you know diversity because you know yeah. there's a lot of stuff now about unconscious bias training and the, the, these sort of trainings that are happening around the country and um, inside companies as a result of a lot of the awareness going on. Reed Hastings, the CEO of the company, and you mentioned at the top of the article about you know, this uh, this conflict. I guess that he felt uh, over the either keeping or firing. I guess it was the chief communications officer, as you said, for saying the N word uh, in a meeting, and that also goes to another segment of this is that the difference that some parts of the company are being treated in terms of hiring and firing in comparison to the C-suite, which seemingly in many cases is, is a much different scenario. Yes, and I think that this, that also gets to, you know, as the company has grown so fast, like the, the Netflix's growth has been like breakneck in the past, you know, just since like 2011, you, the kind of transformation has gone through becoming a streaming company from a DVD company, becoming um, a Hollywood powerhouse from just like a company that licenses content from Disney or Fox, and then becoming an international streaming player. All this happened in the span of a few years, and it's been this breakneck speed. 
And what happens when you're hiring so many people so fast, and they, they've poached a lot of people from traditional studios, traditional networks, um, well that, and, and they've, they've created new offices in you know, Japan and Singapore and in the Netherlands. And when you're, you're going really fast, it's hard to sort of pick the person that fits right with the culture and also the culture that was sort of more intimate and, and, you know, and maybe this kind of transparency worked there. It's a little more difficult when you're dealing with various new cultures, whether it's Hollywood or whether it's you know, Japanese culture or European culture, these kind of things, it's, it's not all so smooth. But they can't really use that 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 growth, especially on, on the employee side. They can't really use it as a as a crutch to explain why some of these things are occurring. Correct? Yeah, it's. It, I don't think they can, and I think that they're they're realizing that they have to sort of figure out what ways that the company needs to sort of change. You know, at, in, when I was reporting out the story, it's not just uh, this this kind of direct feedback, which is a really big part of Netflix's culture, where you're supposed to say, um, "Hey, you know, that that presentation didn't go well," or "You're the way that that comment you made in that meeting wasn't was, was that that just fell flat." Yeah. That kind of thing. That sort of cutting feedback is something that you're supposed you're encouraged to tell people whether it's your manager or your employees. Now, that might work in, in Silicon Valley and in, in sort of a more, you know, in, in a culture where that, that, that kind of thing is expected. But when you go to um, Asian cultures, it's much more difficult. And I think that I'll, I've talked to a lot of people who worked in their Asian offices who felt like, what is this? And um, felt like it was really cutting. And, you know, one, one uh, former Korean employee said it reminded her of North Korea because in North Korea they have this kind of, um, they, they ask mothers to criticize their sons in this, these things called self-criticism sessions. But, it, you know, this, it, it, it hurt them in ways that, you know, maybe it's, it's more... Um, I guess acceptable in a culture in, in an American culture. It wasn't as acceptable in other cultures, and so it isn't it, like just saying we're blaming growth for a lot of this is obviously not a it's 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 not an excuse to explain away a lot of things. But um, it is part of the reason why it's not as smooth, and there have been more rocky rocky patches, I guess, in the last couple of years. But ha- have the executives at, at Netflix, obviously they're aware of this, but are, are, are they aware of it to the point where they understand that, that certain pieces to this puzzle need to be tweaked? Yes. I think they're at the point they do. And I think that it's because I think this the this N word incident was like a moment where so many things in the culture um, kind of sort of exploded, I guess. Um, and what 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 they realized was, you know, and just kind of digging into it a little bit, this executive didn't call anyone the N word, but said it right. to sort of make a point, an emphatic point in a right. meeting about, right. you know, why why certain words. He, in in particular, he he was talking speaking about how how a comedian used the word retarded, it to and how that affected um, parents of differently abled children. And he wanted to make a point that um, that was that 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 why that could be hurtful and in trying to make the point in sort of netflix's typical sort of open candid style this he, he said this and um what happened was you know in netflix you're supposed to sunshine things which just make public mea culpas and like yeah. and you know apologize or whatever but that wasn't enough and i think that that's where like you know the the idea of there are people in the company who are still really upset that you know why was this executive why did this executive feel empowered to say this word um and i think that 
that there was a sort of moment when people realized that just sort of transparency and openness about things wasn't sort of enough to kind of get at these 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 other issues. Like so, some people felt that he should have been fired. You know, some some people felt that he should have made a public apology to the whole company and right. things like that. So, and and I think that. Um, the, just getting to your point about you know what what the company executives feel, I think when they saw how you know certain uh, Asian employees were, were uh, there, there were some HR complaints filed because of these really cutting feedback emails where um, you know bosses are supposed to say like you know you did this this and this and this this wrong um, yeah. and you're supposed to give constructive feedback too but you know sometimes feedback can just come across as all bad and I think they they realize that there are different ways that they have to talk to people in different uh, uh, I guess different offices around the globe. Well, um, and it's and, and it's also that it, the, and just to to distinguish that it's one thing when the bosses are giving that criticism down to the employees. It's another thing when when other employees, maybe at your level or or close to your level, are giving that feedback as well. Yes, and and I think that that's that's really you know part of what's hard about a culture like this. It's designed to be a meritocracy. It's designed to be where Reed should be able to hear feedback from an administrative assistant and should be like, yes, thank you. That's great feedback. I'll right. act on it. Right. Now, Reed himself, um, and I've talked to a lot of people, they say that he you know, epitomizes the culture and tries to embody it in ways that, that many, maybe others don't. I mean, obviously, he created it. And he, and they, you know, he floats around with a laptop. He doesn't have an office. He's, he, he's that kind of guy. But... At the, on the other side of that, you know, when they're when his lieutenants fire someone and and there isn't a great explanation, or when you know two some people two levels down do do something, these just kind of each boss is on his on his own to sort of carry on the meritocracy of this and like making their own judgments about whether you're good or you're bad. Mm-hmm. And what's sort of different about the way Netflix's hiring and firing happens, and and fr- from other companies is that your boss is like owns your life like i know for for a company like even mine you know my boss has a lot of say over me but also like his boss's boss and his boss and other people and Mm -hmm. know me and that and you know what no one person can make sort of a unilateral like you're fired unless of course i like embezzle something (laughs) yeah right um, yeah in, in netflix there's it's different because your immediate boss hires you and also can can say can decide like actually you know you you were a star performer the last few years but i think that there's this thing called a keeper test which is would i keep you if someone else um came and gave you an offer would i fight to keep you and this is a hypothetical test that every manager should be uh doing for their teams in order to make sure that they have the most brilliant people on their team so if it comes to like i wouldn't keep you then you you're fired you know even if you didn't do anything totally yeah. bad even if you were pretty good still if your manager makes that decision so a lot of employees have have, have you know who I've talked to have said like you know it seems like there's uh, my bo- my direct boss without sort of feedback from others maybe maybe some other team thought I did great but my direct boss if he does it, sometimes it can just come down to we weren't getting along and he didn't like me and so I was fired not necessarily because I was a bad performer right. obviously there are two sides to those those stories right but that's that's one of the the challenges of of this kind of culture playing out as it should have. What I, what I find interesting also when you say about the, the openness of the company is that you also mentioned that in certain instances, 
there was discretion kind of being promoted in terms of uh, in terms of you know what type of vacations people were taking, how long they were taking, uh, reimbursing for like taking an Uber ride or the type of travel that, that the person was. So it's it's a unique uh, kind of balance there when you have this openness on one side, yet you also want to show a little discretion at times as well. Yes, and th- this is what they call the, ne- the Netflix mantra for this is freedom and responsibility. So you're given a lot of freedom, but with it comes a responsibility to act in the, the company's best interest. Right. And um, so things like unlimited vacation, um, and you know you can take an Uber ride whenever you want. No one really checks or approves expenses for whether it's a gift or whether it's a. Um, whether you decide that you want to fly business class to go from Atlanta to New York, um, no one, no one's really going to look at those receipts. It's, it's really based on you, on on their you know, trust in you. Now, where this can, where we've seen, and I mean, already there, there's been um, a bit of a pullback on one of these things was they, they came out with a lot of fanfare saying that they're offering unlimited maternity and paternity leave for up to a year after your child's birth, and they did this in 2015, and other tech companies followed suit, Microsoft, Adobe, like other people. But then internally, uh, it it was supposed to be up to a year, but with discretion. So you're supposed to act like if if your team really needs you, maybe you're not supposed to take a year. But the way that, you know, it was construed by many people was a full year. And so now what, you know, Netflix executives even debated, should we roll it back? But, you know, maybe that won't look so good PR-wise. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, what they do now is they tell, they instruct managers to tell people, well, it's up to a year, but, you know, most people take 48 months. And, you know, that's kind of interesting. You're putting yeah. your goalpost around something that it was was supposed to be a sort of unlimited, you know, based on your trust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's like this kind of culture it, there's it, it could work out in a very utopian way in your head, but in real life, it's it's messier. What has this meant for like uh, the rate of employees leaving the company? Because if you have this culture, and, and some people obviously would feel a little bit of a a, a negative pull on this, uh, are you are you seeing very good retention rates, or are you starting to see the number of employees or departures starting to rise a little bit? So one, um, so Netflix provided its retention rate, and it said its, t- its total turnover per year comes to 11%, which is actually below the 13% annual turnover for technology companies. Right. But one thing that's one factor that's, that's sort of at play here that we can't really see is Netflix has also been growing insanely fast. So they they have hired um, some nearly 2,000 people just this year. Um, and so there's there's this fast growth happening in addition to turnover. So what's not exactly clear is is what is how it's all nets out. But um, one thing that is one one stat that was clear is that Netflix's firing rate is slightly higher than average, mm-hmm. um, which is it's at eight uh, percent last year compared with the six percent average for American companies. Now, but but because of how fast it's growing, some things are not quite clear. I mean, I think what's what is clear is that um, the, w- while we don't know necessarily whether they're, fi- they're, they're firing faster than other companies, I mean, they are firing faster than a company, but whether it's in like a, a huge material way. Well, one thing we do know is that firing is, is, a, is almost like a ritual at Netflix in that it's, it's once you're fired, 
your manager talks about it with their whole team. Yeah. And it's, there's like an email sent out, and it could be to hundreds of people saying, you know, Shalini, was, um, her negotiating tone was off, and, you know, we tried several times to help her, but uh, she just wasn't getting it, and, right. um, and she wasn't very effective on this team. And this might go to, you know, hundreds of people. And, you know, one criticism some people have had, you know, even some some people who weren't fired, was that they felt it was unfair to – or it was – it seemed a little off yeah. that it would be Netflix's narrative coming out about why so-and-so was gone when that other person isn't there to defend themselves internally. Um, and, you know, one example that we, we you know, wrote about in the story was this um, former VP of, uh, who was let go by the CFO and um, in an email to hundreds of people who said, like, he was not forthright with us around a major employee issue that impacted the business. That sounds pretty bad. Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but um, I mean, we did some reporting, and that employee issue reference was, it was, you know, that this vice president had been protecting someone who had a sensitive medical condition but hadn't been transparent enough. So that's a little more like nuanced, right? Yeah. Um, so you, there's one official narrative that might go to hundreds of people, but you might not be there to defend themselves your, yourself, and <laughs> it might your name's there in well, dark, black, and white in an email. But there, there are certain situations that that if somebody is fired, and if it is fired for cause or whatever, the you know if it's a significant kind of issue within a division of a company or the company in whole kind of laying out what happened can actually be a, a pretty good teaching tool as well, I would think, for the other members of that team or of that division. It can be. And I think that's the point of it. Like it's it's it, when it when it at its best, it is a it it makes every firing a learning experience for other people at Netflix. Right. At its worst, it stokes gossip and more rumors. And I think that like finding the right line of like what how transparent to like to, to, I guess, work for the benefit of the business as opposed to to be to being a distraction for the business um, is really the question that they have to answer. How much more do you think that, that this type of mindset, this culture of Netflix, is starting to become the mindset of other companies as well? It seems like it's uh, – I think the Netflix culture is – something a lot of people have admired. I mean, while it can be at its worst, you know, ruthless and demoralizing, at its best it can allow for a company to literally transform itself, you know, multiple times and, like, over, overturn entire industries, like right. DVD industry, cable industry, movie industry, TV industry. I mean, this is a lot of the nimbleness of Netflix – a lot of current employee and, and former employees attribute to its culture because of, of how distributed decision-making power is there and how fast you can move. Like one tech employee was telling me, I could think, I could, I could uh, come up with an idea at 9 a.m. and get out the code for it by noon and yeah. without approvals. And so this kind of like moving fast is something that this culture encourages. Um, and also high performance, because when you're sort of thinking, looking over your shoulder, you know, wondering, well, am I a keeper or not? You, you always sort of strive to be your best. Now, of course, it can also wear you down. And that's, right. that's another part of it. But um, I think a, a lot of a refrain that was commonly repeated to me was it was the best place I ever worked and the worst. That was going to be my next question is what was the general reaction from former employees about their experience being there and being involved in, in kind of this this unique culture? 
And, and I mean, I think what, what I just said sort of encapsulates it. It's kind of like while while some were saying, you know, I, I had to travel so much, I worked really late nights, I had meetings after meetings, and I had to do, you know, um, I had to do my personal work uh, for in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I heard these kind of things often. I also heard, well, it was so rewarding. I got to work with the smartest people I've ever worked with, and I even am trying to take some of that culture on with me to other companies because I, I felt I felt like the transparency and how much you got to know about things um, and what was like sort of unparalleled. And in other companies, it, it's very siloed. Um, you, you probably don't know broad strategic plans. You're probably not, you know, involved in a referendum about whether or not we should hike the price for our, you know, main product. Like, right. that's probably not something every Apple employee is, gets to debate. But it's that's what's unique about Netflix. So while there's these parts of the culture that you know can be can can i guess induce anxiety can be can can cause like sometimes what people have described to me as a culture culture of fear um it can also be extremely rewarding when you're you know on the, pressing the gas and you're and everything's working for you your projects are going well at that point you're probably not thinking you're going to get fired but really happy about how right. fast you're able to move um and i think though it's that dichotomy that um you know, it's, it's jarring for some people, and uh, I, I know for an outsider, and I was reporting this, it was like, wow, I can't believe, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around, it was the best place I ever worked, and the worst. Um, yeah. But um, it's cause, but I think there are many things that sort of come into that equation. Maybe personally, um, it, it may not have been awesome at times, but for your career, and for how much you learned, and how, and, and how fast you're able to move, I think that that's where the best part comes in. But what do you think this also means for future hires as well? Because there has to be an understanding for people. I mean, obviously, a lot of people would like to to work at Netflix because they've seen how much they have grown over the last several years, and 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 they see potentially where Netflix is going to head in the in the years to come. But you have to have this understanding of going into it, what this culture is what the potential impacts that that you're going to be dealing with are going to be in your time working for that company. Right, definitely. And one thing that that was apparent to me is like unlimited vacation, unlimited maternity. These things can sound great to you like from the outside, but when when you realize when, when I sort of talked to a lot of people about how this kind of thing plays out, when you're given that much freedom in a company, like there's also not many um, sort of lanes like right. you come in and you're supposed to kind of figure it out for yourself what what stuff you're supposed to do what projects you want to work on and like and you have some context this is what they call context to not control is one thing that Netflix says a lot which is the manager is supposed to give context for how you're supposed to succeed but shouldn't be micromanaging you and telling you do this project or do that some people can really thrive and succeed in that environment but some people want more mentorship and guidance and so it's kind of like you're you're left on your own in some ways, and I think that that is the the challenge of that kind of a culture. Shalini Ramanchandran is uh, with the Wall Street Journal. She covers uh, the TV and broadband industries. We're talking about the article that she did recently about Netflix and the company culture. Uh, so then, is the expectation that? That Netflix, for the most part, as long as this growth continues, that to a degree, this type of culture will stay in place, maybe with a a couple of tweaks. It might not be until Netflix would see a significant turnaround to the negative that they might consider starting to look at some of these issues more significantly. 
I think that's right. Um, I think the the whole N-word incident did cause a reckoning about diversity and inclusion at Netflix, and they hired a a, a new person who's going to be a, an executive to oversee that, which they hadn't before, um, because you know, sort of a cultural. Uh, one, one kind of way that Netflix thinks is like we don't we issue processes we don't really like sort of the corporate you know red tape but diversity and sort of biases these kind of things are things that um, it come with you a, a person a manager and and it is red tape that some, some employees think might be good and right. I think that that's kind of what Netflix had to come to so I think there are these these tweaks that are going to start happening um, but at the end of the day they'll look at their stock price and they'll yeah. look at um, how fast they're growing <laughs> and that's been like going firing on all cylinders so as long as that's going <laughs> I think that you know really like big moments are when when you know culture will, will change it's amazing how that bottom line really can can make the decisions for you isn't it yeah. yes <laughs> Shalini thanks very much for your time great job on the uh, on the coverage on Netflix thanks for your time today thank you appreciate Thank you. Uh, Shalini Ramachandran uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, you can see that article. It's up online uh, and take a look at it. It's, it's a really interesting look at, at the behind the scenes for uh, for Netflix. And uh, I found it interesting. Some of the reactions of former employees and Shalini mentioned it. Uh, it was the best job and the worst job that they had all at the same time. And you don't often get that reaction from, from people when they're talking about uh, about the places that they work. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.